Bibles this morning with me to Proverbs chapter 24 and stand with me this last Sunday morning of this year if the Lord tarries. Uh, I have a wonderful opportunity. Uh, my wife and I are going to get away for about four days. A couple of those are travel days. Uh, we've not been out of town since May, but we're going to go this next week because in a nutshell, it's like this. In Daytona, it's going to be partly cloudy for four days. And here, it's going to be what we've had forever. So we're going to go to the beach for a few days. And God graced us through Disney. We've never taken our kids to Disney. Four years ago, Kelly and I went and something happened. And they gave us these one-day passes. And we get to take our kids one day, just one day, and all of us have free tickets to go to the Magic Kingdom. So, so it's going to be... Well, yeah, we're clapping, but I haven't walked, you know, like... I, I, I run out of breath getting the mail, you know what I'm saying? So, we're going to get a stroller for the little ones, and I'm going to get a big stroller for Kelly to push me in, and we're going to be good. All right, Proverbs 24, if you're there, say amen. Reading out of the English Standard Version. Don't be envious of evil people. Don't desire to be with them. For their hearts devise evil things like violence and their lips talk of trouble. And here's what I want to get to. But by wisdom is a house built, a life built. You build your life by wisdom. And by understanding it is established and maintained. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. A wise man, a wise woman is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance, you can wage war and in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. Would you back up to verse three? And I just want to read this again for you because many of you may not have ever read this portion of scripture. It is by wisdom that you build your house, your life and understanding Biblical, heaven's perspective, by understanding, you establish it and you make it secure. And if you have knowledge, you fill the rooms of your life with precious and pleasant riches. A wise man, a wise woman is full of strength and a man of knowledge enhances his might. For by wise guidance, you can wage your war and in an abundance of counselors, there is victory. As I considered and prayed about this last service, I want to fulfill this last line by God's grace to you. For by wise guidance, you can overcome. And in the mouth of a counselor, uh, uh, you can obtain victory or enough of what you need. I want to offer you this morning, and all year long we preach doctrines of the faith, uh, doctrines of, of Christ and uh, him crucified and being risen and sanctification and consecration. But I want to give you pastoral counsel this morning. Like if we were meeting in the office or at lunch. And I want to talk to you about what to do with the last year and the one ahead. I want to offer you counsel, biblical counsel this morning on what am I to do with this last year and what about the one ahead. And would you pray for me as I pray for myself this morning. Father, I just... 
humble myself again before you and I present myself to you uh, unworthy and unprofitable at best, but you've called me and I ask for an endowment and enabling of your Holy Spirit to communicate revelational truths from your word that will transform and transfix us. Let your truth be clearer to us than our present surroundings. Let something happen with inside of us that what I was talking about a moment ago, even in our weakest places, may our mind be strong and our spirit be strong because we know you and we know your word and we have your promises and we breathe your spirit. Let it be so God today in Jesus name. Amen. You may be seated. Today's message, you may laugh, you may cry, your eyes may bug out a little bit. Uh, What I don't want you to do is when it applies to your spouse, no elbowing them or your friend. You know, if you're listening to a sermon and you hear about, you're thinking of someone else, that's pretty carnal. We want to listen for ourselves. So, you know, I've done a lot of these last Sunday of the year, first Sunday, uh, you know, and it's always just. Forget the things that are behind and press on towards the mark of the prize of the high calling of God. And that's part of this message. But what do I do with it? What do I do with the fallout? The residue? What do I do with the fallout and, uh, and, and residue of disappointment or trauma or pain? What do I do with the responsibility of the blessings God has given this year? What do I do with the opportunities that are before me and the open doors? What, what, do, what do I do? It's not enough just to say, forget and press on. And I'm not minimizing scripture, but there is more to that. It's like, there's more to my life than even being a worshiper. Let me present it to you this way. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a pastor. I'm a husband. And I'm a friend. So there's many dynamics here. And it is important to be able to know what to do with what's behind you and how to live with what's ahead of you based on Scripture. And that wisdom is precious. It it not only gets you to where you need to go, but it keeps you from hitting all the landmines that seem to tear everybody else out. And, uh, you know, missing icebergs, if you will, uh, in the water and traveling. So, I've heard, you've heard me say this over the years, but it fits very perfectly. Uh, I'm just going to, it's going to be like a buckshot sermon, okay? Just, there's just bullet points here. Two, two main points, what should I do with last year and what should I do with the one to come? Number one, what should I do with last year? Assess it accurately. Don't, don't just let it be one or two things one or two things that happened good, one or two things that happened bad, you would do yourself a great fa- favor to sit down in the time it would take to watch one television show, one hour, get you a legal pad out and write the things that happened to you or like say big events, the good and the bad, the, the, the pain and the joy and all of these things. Assess it accurately. Take an inventory It's not just what I lost, but it's what I got left. And balance is the key, is one of the primary keys to a victorious life. 
It's okay. It's okay to know what you've lost, but we got to also know what we have left. Don't use these always and never. And everybody, Pastor, everybody's upset at you. They are. Yeah, I just, I just want to tell you because I love you. I've been with you a long time. And everybody's upset. They are. What about? Well, it's everything. So everybody and everything. And I said, well, come sit down because, you know, you, you matter to me. And we sit down. And by the time we're done, everybody was two people. And everything was one thing. And I don't think the person's here. I hope not. But this is kind of funny to me. One of them came to me like, can we talk? And I was like, sure. She goes, it's urgent. I'm thinking somebody's dying or somebody's leaving. That's the first thing I'm thinking. And she wanted to meet with me as the spokesperson for the church about the uncomfortableness of our chairs. Which it don't take the mentality of a freshwater trout to realize these aren't comfortable chairs, you know. But hey, baby, we've had them 13 years and they look just as good today as when we started. They fit. But then our new one, Lord willing, we're going to have the movie theater chairs that are real comfortable. And we, that's all right. But she wanted to meet with me. And by the time we got done talking, it was her and a friend of hers. And I said, now, I, now just follow me. I said, now, I want to tell you something. There's way more than you two, though. I don't like them. What? I don't, I'm not crazy about them. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've had anybody in 23 years come up and tell me, I just love these hard plastic chairs. I just don't think it's happening. <laughs> Everybody is not against you. Everything is not against you. Everything is not not working. Assess your year, your life, the things behind you. Uh, balance out the blessings with the cursings. Balance out. Make sure you know what you have. Don't be the person that doesn't ever check their balance in their checkbook and are just amazed at how a check can bounce. And write a $3 check and pay a $35 fee. And act like, and then my bank then got funny with my money. The bank... The bank, how many of you are honest enough to say the last 50 errors at the bank, 49 of them were yours or 50? Yeah, okay. Know what you have. So you'll know what you can spend. And no one can talk you out of. And if, you're, if you assess it accurately, you'll, you'll come to a summation that I have had difficulty and I have had blessing. Some years are harder than others. But God has been faithful and I'm closer to heaven than I've ever been before. And nothing eternal can be lost. Nothing eternal can be lost or taken away from you. I better do faster than this or or we'll never get, you know, we'll be here till the New Year service. You know, instead of having New Year's. Okay. Grieve thoroughly over what you've lost, but take inventory of what is left. I told you about that. It's like Noah, and I'm not trying to be funny when the world was destroyed. That's a horrible tragedy and a loss of life. But after the water receded, the world was left. Don't be the person that can describe the flood better than you can the world that's left afterwards. That's good preaching, period. Let her see. What do you do with the last year? Look, look at it through a heavenly perspective. 
This phrase right here has helped me build my house as much as any phrase. Now, not as a pastor, but as a believer. In the light of eternity, what does this mean? That phrase. In the light of eternity. What is this? What is this being fired? What is this uh, friend that posted something on Facebook I didn't say? In the light of eternity. Standing before the Son of God with glorified bodies, with joy unspeakable. Paul said, when I saw it, I can't even utter and tell you what it's like in that realm. In the light of eternity, heaven's perspective will let you, like a boat through tr- over rough waters, bounce over 95% of everything that happens to you. In the light of eternity, what is it that you unfriended me? In the light of eternity, that is a tool for someone here. to. In the light of eternity, what is this? Well, it's nothing much. So let's assess it accurately. What about today? It's very painful. It's very disappointing. It's very disillusioning, okay? Comma. But in the light of eternity, it is nothing. I now have the capacity to navigate right through it and keep on living my life with joy. Be genuinely, consistently, and vocally grateful. Letter D. What am I to do with the last year? Be genuinely, consistently, and vocally grateful. Search out, find, and express to God and others what you are thankful for. Those of us with white hair, y'all remember the song, Count Your Blessings, Name Them One by One. Count Your Many Blessings, See What God Has Done. Count your blessings, name them one by one. We don't do that anymore. You know why? Because if we sat down and began to write out our blessings, we would not have time for family, work, or anything else. I give you another, just 30 minute assignment. Take a legal pad and write down every blessing, starting with your individual life, your health, your salvation, your family, your work, your house. your friends, and I promise you, you will be flipping the legal pad over. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you, that you be thankful in all things, not for all things. Lord, thank you for this crazy person that I work right beside. Or Lord, I'm really grateful. No, but thank you, Lord, that I have a job that takes care of my family next to this crazy person. And I do, I'm thankful that not for her, or him, but you are using that instrument to change me and help me. But I'm trying to be thank, you know, thankful. Would it be said of you in your home that you are thankful? Would your spouse, can they say with integrity, they wake up thankful, they go to bed thankful. I've seen my daddy and my mama moved with tears at the breakfast table, thanking the Lord for our home. Or at night, thankful. Be thankful always in every season. Even in sorrowful seasons. Oh, and by the way, for those of you that are going to take me up on the legal pad and you write and flip those things over, at the very end, I want you to read back over them and find one blessing you deserve. 
That's the thing that humbled me this last year. The Lord showed me. I was, I was thanking him one morning. And I said, God, this and this and this and this. And I was in my driveway. And I said, Lord, and our, our property and my babies. I said, all these blessings. And as clear as I've ever heard him in my heart, he said, and not one of them deserved. And it wasn't getting on to me. It was letting him know, I'm good to you. What to do with the last year. Search out the things that you should be thankful for. Glean and grow from every event, lesson, obstacle, and trial. Don't let a trial be suffering alone. Squeeze that turnip. Get something out of all that hell you went through, and we ain't going to gain nothing from it. Think about it. If I'm going to go through all this, if I went three months here, let me find something that helps establishes, strengthens, a lesson learned. Because if all it was was torture, that didn't benefit anyone. It's not the Lord's way or plan. Letter F, humbly submit to God's chastening and pruning. Hebrews 12, because the Lord loves you, he chastens you and scourges you, which means he whips things out of you through lives and trials. But if you endure this chastening, God deals with you as proven children. For what child is it that a father will not discipline? But if you are without chastisement, severe dealings, it proves that you're illegitimate. King James is bastards. You're unofficial children. What do you do with the last year? Humble yourself and submit to the discipline, the chastening, and the pruning of God. What does pruning look like? It's when God intentionally cuts away the beauty. Like a, think of a rose, rose bush. You cut away the roses, the flowers, the beauty, the greenery, and you cut it back to a place of where it's unattractive and something that you'd rather not look at. But in the proper season, because of the pruning, it comes back vibrant and beautiful and glorious. And it takes humility to say, prune away, Lord. I would not let Pastor John prune me. I won't let mom and daddy prune me. I won't let another believer prune me. But if the one that's holding the shears has holes in his hands, you may prune me away, O Lord. Look back and realize that if the beauty was taken from you by God, he must be planning, according to scripture, to replace it with more fruit. He cuts it back that there might be more fruit, more beauty. Celebrate every single victory. When you look back over the things that you've accomplished and the school we've accomplished and, and, and the, the, the things at work and at home, we don't do that. You know what? Christians, we're good with crying with people that hurt, but we can't celebrate with people that are happy. You get a new car, you know, and you tell church people, and they go, must be nice. Well, thank you, Sister Death. It, it is nice. I appreciate it. And somebody else will come around and say, and they'll say, look what the Lord blessed me with. And they'll, they'll dance around your car. Why is it important to celebrate God's victory? Why is it important to celebrate victories, small and great? Because God deserves it and you need to remember them. You need to remember the accomplishments, how the Lord invited you to do something and you had strength to finish. Those of you that have finished school and nursing school and 
college and graduate studies and summa cum laude. All of us that are thank you laude, we just are happy for you. We, no one gives those things away. So when, so when you break out of a habit or a stronghold or something changes and you've had a victory... Throw, listen, if can't nobody else dance with you, uh, shake your own hand. Dance by yourself. Thank the Lord. You need to celebrate the victories. Are we just going to wait till we get to heaven and go, now we have the victory? No, no, no. You have the victory today all around you. God, I, I'm changing. You helped me. Last year, I'd have cussed that woman out. And this year, I gave her a donut. I'm winning. I'm changing. And it was my least favorite donut, but it was a donut. Nonetheless, I'm getting better. Root out all offense, ought, and unforgiveness. As you get ready to go into the next year, listen to your pastor. Don't take a bit of it with you. It is poison to your mind Body, soul, spirit, emotions, spouse, and children, and it will destroy you. You cannot be a person of law and grace, and this is what I mean by that. What they did is a crime, it's a sin. And if we hold them according to what they did, that's law. Now you're out from under the umbrella of grace and you become a person of law. And now because you would not from your heart forgive them their trespasses, your heavenly father will not forgive you. I do not forgive because I'm a good person. Watch this. I forgive because I'm wise. And I'm filled with knowledge. And I understand the blessing of those that do. And the judgment on those that don't. Don't forgive people because I'm a good person. So I had somebody tell me one time, oh, it's just so easy for you. Yeah, years ago, someone went around church saying, yeah, Pastor John, they bought that little condo down there because uh, he bought a nightclub downtown and it's turning a profit and his wife's doing table dances. <laughs> just, cra- just craziness. I-, I don't forgive those people because I'm a saint, I just fear the Lord. And if we start making people pay, then I got to pay and I don't like my odds. I'm just smart. I go, oh, I'll let you go. You see that, Lord? i let them go. <laughs> that is exactly how I process it. It's not a feeling. It's an understanding. That if I forgive men, Matthew 6, 13 and 14, my heavenly father will forgive me. And every time I confess my sin, he is faithful and just to forgive me instantaneously, completely. And with the same measure I've measured out to them, he measures it to me. He said, John, you are so quick. I'm going to quickly restore your joy. John, you were merciful. I'm going to dump mercy upon you. And John, you prayed for those that were used you and were cruel and despitefully used you and persecuted you. And I am going to speak a blessing over your life because whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Repent of all rebellion, rationalizations, compromise, worldliness, and uncleanness. Repent is confess and turn away and walk. 
confess, turn away, and walk away. Completely sever ungodly and spiritually toxic interdependent relationships. Now, I wrote it that way specifically for a reason. That does not mean separate yourself from everyone in the world. How can I be a friend? Jesus was the friend of sinners. How can, if I sever every relationship and have no contact with anyone in the world, how can the gospel be shared? How can the light be shared? How can the salt be shared? I said interdependent relationship. Which means Jesus was the friend to them, but they weren't his friends. I am not interdependent with you, sharing with your world. I'm available to you. I love you and I will minister to you, but I don't share sap, if you will. We're not, I'm not drinking uh, the, the cup of the world and the Lord's cup at the same time. That's that person. I'm there for you, but I'm not sharing life with you. I'll give it to you this way. You hear me up here, been hacking and hawking for several months and it got, went away, it's coming back, you know, a little bit kind of thing. I had a lady not too long ago come up the front. I said, how are you doing? And she said, fine, I just got over pneumonia and just all over me. Oh, Lord. Well, I'm thinking now we both got it. Thank you very much. You know, I want to hug you and kiss you. Uh, but my point is, someone comes into work in our office, uh, Melissa will spray them coming in the door with Lysol. They'll come in and call, shh. Spray them, the handles, everything. Because my health won't jump on them. But their sickness will jump on me. That's why God tells you, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Be separate. Come out from among them. Be ye separate, says the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing. You're in the world, but you're not of it. No interdependent relationship. Be available, but you're a holy, peculiar people. Be separate. Be separate. And finally on number one, let it go. Let what go? Everything that is not conducive to your life bringing greater glory to Jesus Christ in the year to come. Just just go. Doesn't mean it's a bad thing, but it's not conducive. Let it go. I've heard people say, uh, preachers say that, you know, like when you forgive someone, forgive and forget it. Well, I can't forget it. I can't, I don't know if you have a forget button. I'll see somebody be 10 years and I'll, I'll see them first thing. Remember that thing they did? I, first thing, it comes together. So, so what's forgive mean? Forgive means when, when we, God doesn't remember our sins, it doesn't mean he's forgotten them. It means he doesn't bring it up again. Let's go forward. Leave everything behind. Let it go. Close the chapter. Just, just. I love, I love reading. And when a book starts to bog down, I just want to get to the end. I'm like, let's come on, get to it. You're starting strong. And when I get to the last chapter, does anybody else do this with the book? And I had a couple people nod and other people go, what is he talking about? Well, it's, you don't need to know. And you just slam it. It's like done. And I'm ready to close the book on the joys and sorrows of last year. I'm ready to close the book on every sermon, every prayer, every Bible study, every teaching. I'm ready to close the book on being a parent last year, husband, friend. 
I'm ready to close the book on my aches and pains and my joints and all that from last year. I know that they await me in the year to come. But as of last year, let it go. There is a reason that your windshield is this big and your rearview mirror is this big. I don't need to forget where I've been, but I'm not driving through the rearview mirror. Has that been helpful so far? Number two will be a lot quicker, I promise. Okay. Number two, what should I do with the coming year? Make God, his word, his people, and his presence the unmistakable priority in your life. God's word, God's people, the church, ministry, prayer, worship. Make him the priority in your life. If he's not the priority, then he's not Lord. The priority above everything else. God's word, God's people, God's presence. Make it unmistakable. Study, apply, hide, and centralize the word of God in your heart. Study it, not just read it. Study it to show yourself approved. A workman worthy who needeth not to be ashamed. Become a student again. Those of us that are old, we forgot what it's like to be a student. Student, that just the very word means tests are coming. How many of y'all crammed for tests? How'd it work? I got by, I graduated. Yeah, but how'd it work? You spent $1,100 at Denny's every, every semester, staying up, cramming, doing all of that. Just know this, that we're going to be tested. We're going to be tested, but to study the word of God, to be prepared for every season, hide it, memorize it, centralize it, live prayerful, live worshipful, live saturated with the Holy Spirit. I don't know who all this is, and it might be a majority of you in the coming year. Be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I don't believe that's available today. Be filled anyway. Be not unwise, understanding what the will of the Lord is, the scripture says. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. For this promise is unto you and to your children and your children's children and all who are far off, as many as the Lord God shall call. Hollow out your life, make capacity, and ask God to fill you with this Spirit. Well, what about tongues and, 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 and miracles and all that? Let God work all of that out with you. But be filled with the Spirit. Well, that ended with the apostles. It wasn't the gifts of the apostles. It was the gifts of the Spirit and the Holy Spirit. Well, I thought I received the Spirit when I got saved. You did, of course. You were sealed with the Spirit. You were sealed. You were given, given the earnest of your inheritance, the deposit. You were marked. With the Spirit of God. That's what identifies you as a child of God. And that measure of the Spirit was for you. But to be filled with the Spirit, to be baptized in the Spirit, immersed, is for power. That is for them. That's to live the victorious life. That's to have unction in your ministry. What should you do in the coming year? Be filled with the Spirit. Ask God, whatever you got to do, fill me with your Spirit. Fill me. And some people are so hung up. On tongues, And I want you to know I am Pentecostal to my feet. I tell you all the time. I pray in tongues all of the time. And that's what people are so hung up about. 
Well, how's it supposed to happen? Did you understand that the disciples didn't know they were going to talk in tongues? And God didn't come on them and contort them and take over them because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. So if the coming of the Spirit makes us lose control, it can't be the Holy Spirit because the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. The first people that ever heard, the first people the disciples ever heard praying tongues were themselves. And they were probably like, what meaneth this? And then one of them said, oh, this is what Joel prophesied about in the last day. I want to tell you this. I want you to look me in the eye. Outside of my salvation, the single greatest thing that's ever happened to me as a believer is when I saw in his word that I could be filled with the spirit as well. And God, Jesus, baptized me in the Holy Spirit. Wouldn't trade it unashamedly. Be filled with the spirit. You know what demon possession looks like? Well, we do from Hollywood. You know, you got your head got to turn around, you know, and you got to levitate and, and girls talking men's voices and all that stuff. What does God possession look like? It's beautiful. Yes, it is. Okay. Letter D simplify declutter and prioritize your life. Simplify. Do you understand that a last day tactic of the devil is distraction and to keep you so busy that you are dealing with the urgent things and not the important things? Every one of your kids don't have to do everything. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They ain't got to all play six instruments, play all the sports, play everything. And if you can make it work, hey, I'm not against any of those things. But I know some people whose marriage is suffering, their mental health is suffering, their physical health is suffering, their emotional and spiritual health is suffering because they have no boundaries. And if you look at the book of their life from the top left-hand corner to the bottom right-hand corner, there's something typed. And if you open up a book and read with no margins, you won't read but one page and you'll close it because it's overwhelming. Simplify. Declutter. Might even want to redecorate a little bit. That shag you got in that room that used to be light, like dark green, and now it's like pea green. That bright orange, and now it looks like a faint yellow. Just clean up a little bit. You know, let the sun in. Change something. Anyway, okay. You just forget that. All right. Be joyfully generous. Be intentional next year to lay up for yourselves treasures, not on earth, but in heaven. As often as you have opportunity, do good to all men, even those in the household of faith. Intentionally plan on giving often. I can give that. I can do that. When you hear somebody needing something, I can give that. I can give that. I can give that. Let your reward be thrown ahead. Ben, if you would come on up, please. Set up strong boundaries with people and things. And as much as possible, stick to it. If it harms my walk with the Lord or if it harms my family, I have to tell you no. I am a limited resource and I will not live in fear of what you think of me and come outside of those boundaries just so you'll like me because you and I are fickle And people like you, dislike you. One minute, it's Hosanna to the king. The next minute, he's the Antichrist. You know, just just set up boundaries and as much as possible, live within them. Let your roots go down deeper. 
and your branch go up high, your branches go up higher. Make every effort to live expectant and hopeful. This will be hard from some of you. It's going to deprogram, but you can write out during the day, Lord, I expect you to be blank today. Not I'm expecting these things. I expect you to be faithful today. I expect you to be powerful today. I want to live hopeful, filled with hope. And you might have to, like Abraham, hope against hope. Earnestly love and contend for the truth this next year. Don't be quiet as they defame the Lord and dilute his words. Stand up for God. Stand up for his... I'm so sorry. I know I'm hard to listen to when I'm doing that. Stand up and contend for the truth. And make time for maintenance. I know this doesn't sound spiritual. And I don't know who this is for. But I have a word. I know in my heart it's a word for someone. You cannot maintenance a moving car. Put yourself on the rack. Put yourself on the rack. And ask the Lord to look you over. Look yourself over. Are my tires worn? Why am I so short? Why am I so ill? What's, what, do, do maintenance. Don't pray over a car that you won't maintain. Do maintenance. And you can't maintenance a moving car. And someone's going to go home and that's going to be on the refrigerator. I got to stop. I got to examine myself to see if I be in the faith. Be prepared for supernatural opposition and heavenly victories. How can you have a victory without a battle? The devil's going to come after you and roar against you and your marriage and your family with all threatenings and all mockery. But you have within you the spirit of the resurrected Christ. And greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Greater is he that's in you. Than he that's in the world. Attacks. Are disguised. Are, I mean, are, attacks are nothing more really. Than opportunities to bring glory to the Lord. No one enjoys them. Trials. No one enjoys them. But be prepared for them. Be bold. Be courageous. Be unashamed. And be vocal. Live in daylight compartments. Daytime, not, not daylight, daytight compartments. What do you mean? At the end of every day, close that book. At the end of every day. This will help you if you will allow it. The Bible said, take no thought or don't be anxious about tomorrow. Don't carry the fear over or the pain over. Because sufficient in every day is enough evil. Daytight compartments. I close the books on today. I pray for the one that hurt me. Uh, I... This prayer wasn't answered. I go through and I said, and as far as I'm concerned, this is the day the Lord hath made. I rejoice and I'm glad I live to finish. And now watch. So what about tomorrow? I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'd almost fainted. I almost quit. But I closed the chapter on last night and I'm believing for tomorrow. And finally, keep your eyes on Christ and look towards heaven. Your redemption draweth nigh. In, in all that you're doing, it's so hard. I was talking to Kelly. It's so hard to juggle this. 
I believe the the Lord is coming any moment, any moment. And yet I still got to make macaroni and cheese for the kids and pack the lunches. And we got to register for school and we got to get the school clothes. We got to pay the bills. Okay. But if I'm more conscious and more alive in this world than than I am in the other one then I get discouraged and despondent. But if I'm heavenly minded and I'm focused, I have the energy then to make the macaroni and sign the papers and do the homework. Because you know what? All of this, everything needs fixing outside the house. Shutters falling off, need to paint. We need to pressure wash. The driveway's bad. The dog won't come to you when he calls. You know, we got all this. But if I'm looking towards heaven, I understand that soon and very soon, The Lord himself is going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And everyone that's ever died in Jesus Christ is going to get up out of the ground. And we're going to, we which are alive and remain are going to be caught up and leave it all behind. Soon. You believe it? Y'all stand with me. I asked them to play a song for us and I want to invite you in to the worship of this song. And we're going to close the chapter. we got a few days left in December. We might have to hold ourselves up in the house and fend off some demons, you know. But you good? Are we good for this year? Are we good? What are you expecting, John, in 2019? That the Lord will have his way. Play that song for us, if you will. freedom Lord I have found in you you're the healer who makes all things new yeah
Y'all ready to face this new year? It's so rare that our children's pastors get to be with us. They, their gift is that they don't get to go to church. They provide for them. And Steve and Amy, we just love y'all. And Josiah, so proud of you. I want to ask Pastor Steve just to come up and pray over us. You know how much we love you and your family? We just love y'all. Love y'all. Heavenly Father, we come to you and uh, we give you this upcoming year. God, we believe in great things that are going to take place within this church, within this body, within our families, within our children. We thank you that you've been with us for this past year, that your grace has been upon us, that your love, that your mercy has shined through us. And I pray, Lord, for a new work this coming year. I pray, my Father, that you shine upon this church in a way that you have never shined before. We give this time to you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name. Have a wonderful Lord's Day. Be safe, stay dry, and pray for your pastor at Disney World. Thank you.